2: Coach. Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Martha Rulo, her friends, her family. And we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends and family and loyal listeners worldwide. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the hour to empower with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce, Barry, and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com. Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. Folks, what a great show we have for you today. It is on mindfulness. How mindful are you? Martha Rulo, who was Teacher of the Year, is going to teach us about the science of mindfulness. We will learn what it is and what is the value of mindfulness to our brain, body, and cells. We will also discover why it is so valuable with enhancing personal well being and resilience. Get inspired to cultivate more mindfulness informally and formally. Mindfulness has Come to generate so much National and international Attention, today Martha Rulo hopes that it will now Capture your attention I welcome you to the show Martha Rulo
3: Hi Joyce Thank you so much for letting me Be a participant on your Radio show, yes mindfulness Has truly captured my Heart and my passion because I've Had the opportunity to see all of the benefits And the changes that it potentially can offer to all of us so thank you
2: well you're most welcome you certainly know something about it you've been a student and practitioner of mindfulness for 12 years you've been a mindfulness presenter for over five years a school educator for over 31 years given that package who better to talk about mindfulness than you Martha Rulo? Oh well, thank you.
3: And and Joyce, actually, I, I came about the practice because one of my sons had had a real serious accident and um, had um, had traumatic brain injury. And at that point in time, knowing the impacts on the family, I made the decision myself. This was about fourteen years ago. I made the decision myself to say what will be the best to support my family moving through all the ups and downs of experiencing this. So I started my mindfulness-based practice working with actually a teacher on the renowned program Mindfulness-Based Reduction, which is out of UMass as well as UC um, LA at San Diego or University of California at San Diego. So that really piqued my interest Um, Joyce. I saw the benefits of it and since then I've really um, become a study practitioner and gotten involved with taking trainings and I'm now a qualified teacher in the Mindfulness based Stress Reduction Program um, knowing that we can be who we want to be when we understand first of all the impact of stress and how we can work with our breath and our body awareness to alleviate or relax
2: the stress experience that we're having at the time. Well, stress is certainly prevalent in today's world. Wherever you look, wherever you turn personally, professionally, globally, internationally, it's there. Uh, regarding mindfulness, it has captured so much national and international attention. Why do you think that's so? Well, I think, you know, I I actually believe it's because they have done enough
3: scientific studies, Joyce, ever since the 1970s when mindfulness-based stress reduction actually started, and it started at the Center for Mindfulness with Jon Kabat-Zinn, and he was – a uh, doctor, not a medical doctor, but had his Ph.D., and doctors who were medical doctors were coming to him, and they were saying, I have these people with chronic pain, and we're not able to do anything else for them. So at, at that point in time, John um, had developed uh, an eight-week program that is very specific, very, well, strategic, but it's over time become manualized. And so now they're able to collect um, data and, you know, that has some efficacy to it because the program is being run in the same manner. So they have done studies with people with cancer. They've done even people with eczema. It's branching out now into using mindfulness as a way to cope with addiction. There's... Um, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy for people with depression, but it really is because they have the scientific evidence now, mostly for adults' choice, not as much for adolescents and children, but they are gathering more. So since then, since the 70s, it was medical, and then it went into the mental health, and then around in the 1990s, a little bit after that, it started to get its way into um, education, and we have some famous people, um, such as Senator Chris Ryan, who brought it to his state and, you know, brought it forward. So, you know, there's many people that are practicing it and that are now saying, look at the benefits that this has. And one last thing, Joyce, um, if you don't mind, is, is the research has now even gotten to the cellular level where they're being able to recognize the impact of keeping the cells um, stronger, hardier in the division phase of the cell. So it's on all levels that we're looking at it, which is so exciting
2: for me. Where is this Center for Mindfulness? So the
3: Center for Mindfulness right now where this initiated was, uh, it's in Amherst, uh, Massachusetts, uh, and it's a part of uh, University of Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken. It's affiliated with that at least anyway.
2: And why don't you tell us exactly what is mindfulness so those of us that are not as familiar with it would have some understanding? Yeah, sure. It's, it's paying attention
3: on purpose, nonjudgmentally. So it's the idea of we are choosing to bring our awareness to typically a body sensation. It clearly can be an experience of all of our senses, so it can be using our eyes, using our ears, even mindful eating has become um, very much of interest to people, particularly with weight loss. You know, Working with weight loss, if we pay attention to what we're eating, then perhaps we're more aware of our hunger when we're sated. Um, so we do that purposely, and non-judgmentally, and what typically happens, Joyce, and why we throw in and why it's so important to have that non-judgmental piece is because typically we will notice something and then our brain is designed to have an opinion about what we experience. And the idea is to be aware of what might travel across our mind but not get hung up in what we call the story um, of the thoughts going upon the thoughts, so seeing something, having an opinion about it, and then going back, well, gee, last time I saw this, I was writing in this with my parents. They were, yeah. No, we're just really
2: just trying to notice without having the multiple layers of thoughts on
3: top of them.
2: I think the key to all of that is in the now, in the moment, paying attention in the moment. We all know how we live our lives in the yesterdays and tomorrows. So being aware in the moment, I would imagine, takes a lot of focus and practice because that's not our natural inclination.
3: Oh, you're so right, Joyce, because our inclination and our brain, and it's all good, our brain is designed to, um, you know, plan and organize but we also need to be here in the now to take in what we're experiencing right now and to actually know, so know what we're experiencing right now, whether it be emotions, sensations, even being aware of our thoughts in the moment. But you're right. It's And we're pulled, just as you said, into the future. We're pulled into the past, and we're trying to the the now just goes right by. We, we aren't in the now and we look back and say, oh, what just happened? Or here I am 31 years later in my completing my education career and saying, how many moments,
2: you know, in the now did I actually miss? what's fascinating about mindfulness and why so many people desperately need to focus on it and understand it and use it is the biggest problem in communication is people are not listening they're already planning what they're going to say in response to you i can't say tell you how many billions of times I'm talking and I get cut off in the middle of a sentence and they're already on the next thing. And you have this feeling they are not with you at all because as a coach for decades, I'm saying one of the worst things about communication is people are already jumping to the next sentence and you don't have the experience that they're listening to you. Right, right. No, um, you you said it, yes. um, You just
3: explained it beautifully. There's no, you know, there's nothing more for me to add to that piece. And also now in the age of multitasking and our brain is, certain things were not designed to uh, multitask. Yes, walking and talking because we use different parts of our brain. But if we're working at our computer and then a text comes in, so we might be working efficiently, so we have to stop where we're at Go look at the text that's come in. Our brain has to refocus there. And then when we go back to what we were doing um, on the computer or initially, there's this lag time, and we might not actually even remember what we did when we got that first distraction from the text coming in. So there are certain things we actually cannot multitask with. It's it's very much like, you know, if I said, you know, say the alphabet from A to J and we counted the number of seconds, and then I said, you know, count from 1 to 17, and, you know, we do that within a second or so, but when I say go A1, B2, C3, you know, we do that, Um, it really is a whole lot longer situation because the brain has to vacillate between the two. So multitasking um, with a distraction really in, in organizations and companies are recognizing that it decreases productivity.
2: I'm going to say that the worst thing with communication, well, it has its really good and really bad aspects, but as you brought up, it's texting. I've seen people, uh, you know, at dinner tables, and they're so busy texting, they're not paying any attention to the person sitting next to them, talking to them, not paying attention to the food. I recall being in a restaurant fairly recently at the next table, a family of four, and the daughter was texting the entire time. I was stunned that um. the parents didn't say one word. The food came, everyone's eating, her plate sat there, literally sat there, to the time when the meal was over, the check came, and the waiter said, would you like me to wrap that up for you? But what really got to me on that note and I'm not one to judge people, I believe in live and let live, but no one at the table, not one person said, why don't you enjoy your meal, not one. I think that the families have come to give up on that phenomena, just let it be and not even talk about it because the one that's doing the texting is addicted.
3: Right, and we do know that that can happen, particularly the younger, the um you know, the younger the, the child is, the potential for that, because they get a nice hit of the hormone, um, you know, dopamine, or the, yes, the um, neurotransmitter dopamine, and that's the reward pleasure, and when children are in the, um, you know, adolescent age, particularly, you know, that's what their brain is seeking, is that pleasure, and it's it's part of the brain development piece, so when they, every time they text or they get a new piece of information, they get another little hit of the of the dopamine. So over time, we know that, you know, they need more and more and more of it. So, you know, for, for student and children's brain development, it really, I think there's much to be said for limiting the amount of um, screen time, whether it be, you know, video games or whether it be your cell phone, uh, texting, whatever it is, just in order for people to, you know, help keep the brain in its, Normal progression. I mean, the brain isn't fully developed the prefrontal cortex until 20s, um, so a little bit later for males than for females, what the research says. But in the 20s, so we do not want to be interfering with that if we can help it. So yes, it is true. just as you were saying, there is addiction um, coming up for you know using the screen. So and also, you know, what I found, Joyce, which is, has been fascinating for me working my relationships with students as an assistant principal these last 10 years and being a student that what screen time is also presenting is um, students to see the facial expressions in our species, the human, one of the beautiful things of being a homo sapiens or a human being is that we have facial expressions that we use to read in order to understand kind of um, let's see our relationship to them or understand kind of more societal norms that when people are doing this over texting we don't get to see a face to face interaction which might show tears which might show even joy might show sadness and in our work with children now i believe there's a more of a trend to have there to be you know positive resolutions between students where they come together and resolve things and i had that happen yesterday where a boy just said I did what I did you asked me to it wasn't right I did it but I didn't want to lose you as my friend and he starts crying and this other boy was looking at him like wow you know so I do think that we've really got to look at you know the unique experience that we can have as human beings and not throw it to the wind by expecting to communicate only by texting with real important matters.
2: Wow, this is so valuable for our listeners uh, about the significance, the importance. So what is the value of mindfulness to the brain, body, and cells? Right. Well, so um, to, the, to the brain, and I'm going
3: to kind of use the stress model as or what happens when we get stressed. Um, and as we go through our day, pretty much we go through our day, and we might, depending on our job, we all have a pretty much a normal, I'm going to say, set point. So imagine a line across the, uh, the graph going horizontally. And then something bad or something that might stress us. So someone, you know, is upset with us in the, in the road or in the gas line. And so we get an element of stress, so, so it's, it peaks. And then hopefully over time, you know, it goes back to that normal set point. Well, what's happening, particularly with all the distractions, we keep never getting back to that baseline. So our body is continuing to, you know, produce cortisol. Our amygdala, which is the fight, flight, or freeze part of the brain, is getting flooded with emotions constantly. And what ends up happening there is that our amygdala will respond first, and we don't necessarily have time to go to the prefrontal cortex, which will give us the opportunity to pause and choose a response unless we train ourselves. That when we're stressed and when we recognize in our body or we recognize a thought in our head that we are feeling stress, we can actually breathe. And breathing is the parachute, which can help us come back to the moment and give us an opportunity for a pause. It might only be a short pause. It might be just something we, we notice and we still respond in our very usual, habituated way. Um, or it might be allowing us to just kind of self talk and keep ourselves responding as opposed to reacting. We all have patterns that were wired, and people with trauma, of course, have, have patterns because that amygdala, that um, part of the brain that we, helps us survive. Um, is just so used to reacting in a certain way that we are actually breaking or changing, I should say, because neuroplasticity allows us to rewire, allows us to reroute um, the direction that we're going. It's very much like a road. If there's a a road um, that's got a median in the middle of it and that road's traveled over and over again and maybe over the median, you know, the grass won't grow, but, you know, when we start changing you know, the direction and we're not on the
2: exact same path and we allow new
3: things to to grow.
2: So with mindfulness, how important is it to pay attention to your breathing? Right. Right.
3: So that's where the breath is a parachute uh, for the body because we have the chance to go from that automatic response to when we pay attention to our breath, We're allowing the fight, flight, or freeze, which draws all our blood out to our appendages, away from our heart, away from digestion. That's why when you're nervous, you might not feel like you really want to eat. And it allows us to bring it back inside to regulate the body and allow the chemicals that are floating around to be reduced. So, And then our memory, when the amygdala is flooded, the hippocampus and the memory and the emotional abilities come, are able to be more uh, active, I should, I should say, at that time. So the breath allows all that. And as well, Joyce, probably the, the other um, beauty of it is by paying attention to the breath, we're giving our mind something to focus on. And mindfulness is not about not having any thoughts. That is just changing our relationship to the thoughts so that we become the observer. So we actually become the observer of our breathing, the moving in of the belly and the moving out of the belly or the chest or even perhaps the the tips of the nostrils because the mind will want to pay attention to something. And in times of stress, we'll be ruminating, we'll be thinking about what we should have, could have, would have done. Or wishing we hadn't done that, and saying why did we do that. Um, So this way, we don't give we give the mind something to focus on, but not those thoughts that will proliferate the feelings, the thoughts of um, the negative thoughts, and um, continue to producing those chemicals inside of our bodies.
2: So that's when I I think of when I think of mindfulness, I think of. All the things we do all day on automatic, we brush our teeth, we don't think about exactly where, how we just do it. There are so many things we just do. So one of my biggest problems In not being in the moment Not focusing, not being mindful As I put things down And every day I'm looking for something That I just had somewhere I've misplaced things all the time What advice would you give me And people like me that are always Misplacing things Right,
3: right Well, first of all, I would would say Find, if possible, a a familiar place That you typically put them But I think it just goes back To that feeling of Being aware I have the keys in my hand now and knowing when you're holding the keys and knowing when you're releasing the keys, when you're releasing your hand and placing the keys, uh, you know, on the surface or wherever you're placing them and, and, and just being aware of where you are at that place in time, whether it be uh, the kitchen floor. But when we come back into our body, that helps once again to bring us with that mind body awareness and that mind body connection. So that keys in my hand, opening my hands and, taking my keys here. So it was a very conscious effort. Anytime, Joyce, we, we change habits or patterns or we want to, yes, we, we have to, you know, really slow things down. So that's very much coming out of automatic pilot. Means I'm choosing to slow things down and pay attention. So that's the very first part of mindfulness, which is a, which is a wonderful thing. And, and going back to brushing teeth, absolutely. Um, when I teach mindfulness-based stress reduction and one of the aspects of the course is, you know, we try and find a daily habit or something, one of our daily living experiences that we do, and we take the opportunity to say we're going to bring mindfulness to that. So very often people, and I I too, chose brushing the teeth, and what it really felt like to have a toothbrush on our teeth was very interesting, and what is our tongue doing when we're brushing our teeth? So. Really, the, the big piece that's been helped me a lot and is one of the attitudinal foundations in mindfulness-based stress reduction is curiosity. Oh, let me be curious. And that takes the judging element out of it.
2: The problem, uh, you know, again, with the finding thing, you say find the familiar place, which I do. That's why it's such an enigma. In the last few weeks, I had gotten a $100 gift card to a favorite store as a birthday present. I didn't think oh. anything about it because I kept that card in the card it came to me with all my other birthday cards. So I didn't even think about it till the day before I knew I was going to that store. And that's when I pulled out all my birthday cards, and lo and behold, every birthday card was there except the one with the gift card. I was stunned. It never even occurred to me there would be an issue. So I was mindful that I had them all together, and now it's about three weeks later, I still haven't found it. I went to all the familiar places. You know how when you lose something, you go to the same place 20 times because you're incredulous it's not there? So it was a major upset for me because, I, as I said, didn't give it a second thought till the night before. I wanted to make it ready, and every card was together except that one still hasn't turned up. Have you found people that have gone through this and found some way to refocus and not go through this? I go through this quite often. Right, right.
3: Well, of course. And, like, you know, I mean, do we all have those moments uh, where that happens? Absolutely. Because we're not going to be mindful every single moment. And myself, too, Joyce, I will say I'm going to – well, for me, it might be to put it in a certain safe place, and then I might not remember where the safe place is. So, so you know, <laughs> the best thing I can – right. So the best thing I can, you know, say is that, to when we're doing it is to be as conscientious as we can and as aware of that particular moment and and do that um, but there's really we, we, for me, I should speak for me but there's just so many times when I am not I, I am not so there are many times that I am but there are many times as well where that, that won't happen where I will do exactly what you said um, you know, I Purposely put my keys in a, in a per, pocket in my purse, but let me tell you, there's a lot of times I find my keys not in that pocket when I know I want to put it there. So it's part of our human condition, and one of my most favorite teachers would have this great phrase, and she would say, I, T, I, well, isn't that interesting as a way to keep nonjudgmental you know, us from being too harsh on ourselves for doing that. But I understand the stakes of a hundred dollar gift card and you're making me wonder, I just got a hundred dollar gift card to the Cheesecake Factory. And I, I think I know where it is. A <laughs> uh,
2: key word there is, I think, <laughs> I, yeah, think I, right. I had no doubt that it wouldn't be there. I really, that's why I didn't give it a second thought till I was ready to go uh, to that particular restaurant, which is almost an hour away. So, um, it really, to this day, it really bothers me. It, it, it so much. I've looked so hard for it and other things too that never ever turned up. I've often thought maybe there are spirits here taking those things and testing me <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I, I. I uh, I did hear of a story with uh, one of, From one of my best friends Who spent the night at uh, One of her friends And she said when she went to sleep She noticed that that friend Had a lovely necklace around her neck And in the morning it wasn't there So my friend said I saw it, I noticed it And yet the next morning Not only wasn't it there It was nowhere to be found anywhere in the house Like she looked if it had Dropped off, slipped off, locked Wrote all those things, so sometimes I wonder when it's on that level if there's some mysterious factors coming into play.
3: Hmm. Yes. Yes. I I could I understand that question for sure. Yes. Yes. That's true. But there you know, and I think as mindfulness you know gets out there more and more, people want it to be uh, a panacea for everything, and it it takes work. It takes time. And it takes really a commitment. And, you know, the, the good news sometimes is, oh, the good news is, well, I'm, I'm being more mindful. And that's why we have to bring in the piece of curiosity, compassion, non-judging, because the bad news is, is, there I go again. I am doing this exact same thing because I become more mindful of it. And it's really something I might want to change or something I'm not feeling real favorable towards, either about myself or a situation. And so that's why we say, okay, it really is step by step. It's not necessarily this big leap because, and and I love this analogy. If we expect think with change, it's going to be a big leap, and we don't have to take the steps along the way. We can never retrace our steps. And um, I think it's real important that every breath that you're aware of, um, and every opportunity that you are to kind of bring an attitude of curiosity and laugh at ourselves when we start criticizing ourselves, which in the West is a big problem. I mean, the Dalai Lama has been shocked at how judgmental we are of ourselves and self-critical over here in the West compared to the East. And, you know, he's met with, you know, teachers and um, strong practitioners over here because he was very confused by it initially. Like, why is this self-criticism so big over here? So uh, we, we have to, Know that we're really step by step We're doing the best we can And keep our intention um, of uh,
2: purposefulness With wanting to change and, And bringing mindfulness into our lives This brings to mind something I learned Many, many, many years ago And that is you can do everything wrong And it could turn out right You could do everything right And it could turn out wrong Uh, Those words come to mind quite a bit because I I can cite so many instances in both cases. So, with mindfulness, you can do everything right via VVAT gift certificate, and it turned out wrong. I did focus, I did know, believed I know where it was, and lo and behold, it wasn't. So, folks, now I'm going to ask you to be very mindful right now for the next. Uh, minute and a half and listen to the words, wise words of our friend Beverly Nadler of why you should be listening to this show every day, so I specifically request that you be mindful of the
0: words and then heed it. Here's Beverly in her words. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy. Make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends Show. You'll find it on the internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show And, folks, we do ask that you partner up with us
2: in having that happen. Simply go to JoyceBarryandFriends.com, and spelled out JoyceBarryandFriends.com, our homepage for this show. And on the upper left where you see my picture right under it, it says follow. And just by clicking on follow, you'll know about every show, every guest, every topic. You need not miss any of them because when you can't join us when we are live – At 11 a.m. Eastern Time, you can hear any show 24-7 in our archives. You can download them. You can send out the links to your friends and family that you want to share the show with. Uh, Martha Rulo, uh, one thing I'm very grateful for is that we have a mutual friend who shared you with me, who introduced you to me. And here he is right here, right now, our friend Peter Marks. Hi, Peter.
1: Hi Joyce, hi Martha. I've been listening to the radio show from the Inception, and my God, the information is brilliant. It's wonderful, uh, Martha. Thank you sh- for sharing this with the world. Well, Peter,
3: thank you. Yes, and I am so glad that you've connected. Uh, we've been connected and connected uh, with Joyce and and Peter. For you know, I think you know me that the one of the big passions I have is to help people find more ease in their lives, and it it really begins with having more ease in ourselves because life happens, and as Joyce was saying, you know, we can do things that happen to us, good, bad, right, wrong, but, but life just happens no matter what it is, and it's really how can we have our relationship with what happens to us be accepting and understanding so that we're not too harsh on ourselves and just are able to roll and flow with
0: as I call it,
3: or John Cabot then so brilliantly outlined in his book, Wherever you go, there you are. It's uh surf the waves, you know, because there's gonna be yes. different sized of waves and we just we just want to surf them all. Well Wherever I also you go, want to there it. you
2: are, I like yes. that. <laughs> Wherever <laughs> you go, there you are. Go ahead. Right.
1: Yes, I also want, want to say that Marcy, do you include at all in your methods uh tapping?
3: Tapping. Um, I know that's a a, a great uh um, what should I say, um oh my gosh. Um modality. I do not yes. do I do not do tapping, but I do know okay. that it's very successful for people with anxiety for sure. There's many modalities
2: that are coming into yes. play now.
4: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Well, I, I just want
4: to yeah.
2: share with yes, you ahead, just so George. you know. Peter Marks is a world-renowned psychic. He is highly respected all over the world. Uh, we are privileged to have him as a regular on our show once a month, and it's very few people that I've made regulars where they come on once a month. The next time he will be on is Thursday, June 28th. Now, that's just this particular uh, Thursday because our regular Thursday guest, Beverly Nadler, is to your health Thursday. Day, switch with Peter for this particular week only because of circumstances beyond her control. So to hear Peter and to have the opportunity to ask him a free a question, you'll get a free on-air mini reading about any question or concern. So I just wanted to share that Peter, in his infinite wisdom and the value he gets from his guides thought to bring Martha and me together. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. I also wanted to mention was I'm glad you brought up the uh, the 28th of this month because I misplaced my calendar and you just reminded me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
4: (laughs) Well, you know,
3: we had... We had talked a little earlier about, you know, uh, formal versus informal practices of, you know, mindfulness or what we can do in our life. The the tradition, not the traditional, the way it was designed was, you know, back in the 70s. It's it's actually been a Buddhist practice for thousands of years, but um, was to really use the body and the breath as a way to... um,
0: you know, regulate
3: ourselves or come back into the present moment. But um, informally, there have been so many ways and or other modalities, just as Peter mentioned, they're seeing the beauty, um, and they've been around for a while, but they're coming to the forefront, like you said, with tapping. But even with students, um, we're using something as simple to help them calm and focus, um, coloring. So mandalas have been, you know, um, developed. There's actually even coloring books. So, just the idea of taking colors and being aware of coloring with the lines and the sensations of the hands is another wonderful way to do with children. Is a way to help them kind of calm a busy mind and bring their attention to what they're doing
2: right there in the moment. So, the field, Martha. I I want to ask you next: Why is it so valuable in terms of enhancing personal well-being and resilience? Why is it so valuable?
3: Well, if we take a look at what we said, we all have very habituated patterns. You know, our brain, it's like the the groove in the old, you know, record players, which we've done repeatedly time and time again. And some are useful and some are not so useful. So the idea is we have the opportunity to make a choice to, first of all, have the awareness that this is something I do, and, oh, look, I do it in this situation, and, oh, this is what it feels like in my body, and to say, you know, I don't want this to be a pattern that I continue to do. So I now, as I continue to become aware of it, because it's causing stress in my life or making me not feel successful, and so i now have the opportunity through mindfulness to say oh i can now begin the process of developing another groove due to the neuroplasticity ability of the of the brain so that's one thing and when we and it also as i said i think the beautiful thing for me when i go back to my son's accident was that there were many opportunities i could have reacted looked at things in a very old habituated way which is you know typically for all of us because of the way our brains design is very negative or to recognize that and say well wait a minute do i have to necessarily think like that right now i have a choice i am not going to think that way and as peter marx would say it also helps you know to keep our vibrations high with the brain being designed to um, scan and determine where there is potential danger and to have us react to that quickly. And our brain is a five-to-one ratio um, of where negativity to taking in positive, meaning we have like a five times greater awareness of negative versus positive. I think mindfulness provides the opportunity for us to catch the brain's natural design And rewire it. And there's so much work being done in that avenue. So that's how it really creates our resilience so that we're not traveling down a road that is one that I believe just helps us not feel healthy and well and can erode our confidence. And I don't think that
2: um, I know for me that hasn't just been a successful avenue. Martha, why would the brain focus five times more on the negative than the positive? I would think it's equal focus. Whatever you're bringing to it, it's focusing on. Why such a ratio in favor right. of negativity?
3: Right, and they call it the negative bias.
2: Um, and
3: our Rick Hansen has done a lot of that work. Um, he's actually just written a book called Hardwiring Happiness. Because in order for us to say, remember, we have the, um, a, a, a brain that's about 3.5 billion years old. Um, and what we did in order to survive is, you know, you had to determine, walk along and determine, oh, is this very healthy for me to eat or not good for me to eat? So you're looking for things. And once you have one bad memory, it is deeply entrenched in the mind so that you won't go to that again. So it's like you've got to be aware of the tiger that's coming at you, so you can react. But you also can't be naive because there might be one in the bush that's waiting to attack you. So it's this it's this dilemma of always trying to scan our field to make sure we're safe. And as we all know, in you know Maslow's hierarchy, that safety is a primary um, need for all humans. So yes, and and that's been exciting news for all of us to recognize that kind of, in as I work with parents and kids, that some of this is just a brain thing. It's not about us. It's just, I mean, us personally and who we are. It's really a characteristic of the brain. So now that we know that, it really, I believe, gives even more credence to the field of mindfulness and perhaps opens up the window that we actually, we have the opportunity now to work with that
2: and make a difference. And the whole thing about mindfulness, focusing on the now, I actually have an original poem that delves into that, which is, if not now, when? Joyce, Barry, and friends, the number one worldwide internet radio show. This poem, an original by yours truly, is entitled, If Not Now, When? We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration, what you really need to do is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. What is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication? To get wealthy, it's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not now, when? So, folks, when you focus on mindfulness, you can ask yourself that question, if not now, when? What do you think of that poem, Martha? Yeah,
3: if not now, when, right. And like, I like the idea that it talks about, you know, perspiration because, again, it's, it's um, setting that intention, like our our compass, our true north, knowing we want to make a change, we don't want life to pass us by, and then doing the, the work that it takes to, um, you know, the work that it takes to do it, which we, you hold lightly. I mean, and, and we can also hold anything um, too tightly in our hands and make it be the destination. And, you know, the, the joke is, is like, you know, the perfect meditator. There's no such thing as a perfect meditator because... Each meditation experience, each mindfulness experience will be the exact same thing. So we have to be open to what it is in the now. It's like um, this analogy of wearing a dress or wearing an outfit, going to a restaurant at a certain time, sitting at a certain table, certain chair, eating the exact same, eating a meal, a perfect meal, having that experience. And then expecting to go back the next day and wearing the same outfit, sitting in the same table, sitting at the same chair, ordering the same food. And, you know, it's going to be different. And I sometimes we want things to be so fixed and so permanent, but life isn't about permanence. Everything is changing. I mean, uh, you know, our cells are changing, you know, each moment and each breath that we have is, is new and different. So how can we understand that we want, you know, that we very often, in order to feel safe, want everything to be the exact same, or we want to plan things out, so it it does take a jostling, like a a, a boat, when things aren't the way we want them to be, it takes that persistence, um, and that perspiration to shift, and to just say, okay, here we go, this is just another wave, and, you know, we'll see where this wave takes us, but You know, I think we all get convinced, and and I, you know, when we have that um, grit
2: that says this wave isn't going to knock us over, though. I love that analogy, Martha Rulo. It it really drives home all the things we go through in life, and it is different. We date a person for the first time. It was the perfect date, looking forward to the next one, and it could be the total opposite <laughs> experience. So that was really a very valuable analogy where you do everything exactly the same and it's different. So that was really terrific. Uh, getting back to if not now when, Uh, A lot of you have the response to that I'll get to it someday I'll get to uh, look into mindfulness someday I'll get to practice it someday So I wrote this one for those of you who actually believe There is a someday Someday, an original poem by yours truly, Joyce Barry. I went to my calendar and took a look. I discovered that someday was not in the book. I looked carefully, for someday I did seek, but only Monday through Sunday appeared on each week. I got really confused. This was not funny. I always said someday I'd make very good money. I always said someday I'd get everything done. I always said someday I'd be number one. I always said someday this and someday that. Someday is starting to sound like very old hat. I became very sure that something was wrong. No, someday on my calendar all along. I thought everything I wanted would come to be. It would happen someday. I kept telling me. It was someday. I kept telling you that all our dreams were sure to come true. How shocking to discover that all along someday was not in the calendar. How could I be so wrong? How could I not know that why I was stuck was that someday would never, ever show up? There wasn't a calendar anywhere, none to be found, that had someday in it, it would never come around. I always knew that if something is going to be, I am totally responsible, it's all up to me. I thought of my goals and made a new list. How exciting to realize that someday did not exist. Now I really know without any doubt that Monday through Sunday is in and someday is out. So I ask you, women, I ask you, men, I ask myself if not right now, when? I love poetry, and I love when the poems I've written connect so well to the message of the day. Someday, I'll get to it someday, if not now when, very important messages. Martha, what message do you want to leave our audience with?
3: The message, Joyce, I, I want uh, to leave with people is would be a couple things. Um, one, just to begin to with an attitude of curiosity about life. When we notice ourselves um, pegging either other people through judgments or um, having the attitude of this isn't going to work out and, or why do things always happen to me, to perhaps step back and just notice that we're hung up in a sense of negativity when really there's an opportunity right here and now to look at what's in front of us not that it's, it's not hard or easy, and I think mindfulness gives us the opportunity to what we usually, the words we use, turn towards the difficult with an, with an understanding and a compassion, knowing that we have the courage to turn towards whatever arises. So an element of, you know, curiosity about what is this life around me and what is it like to do these simple, small tasks of brushing my teeth um, as a way to start not missing, missing the moment. I think, Joyce, that that can lead to a greater connection with humanity, which I think overall um, I believe there are so many people wanting to recognize that we all are having this human experience together and that I am not separate or thinking of negativity can very often have us think that we're isolated and we're separate when in reality we truly are, truly are connected, but we have to open up to the present of ourselves and then we get to recognize that everyone else is a present and has the opportunity to live in the present.
2: As he was speaking those words, I brought to mind uh, a fellow that was my best friend, uh, like on a very high spiritual level. And when he passed, and this was decades ago, uh, in the synagogue, it was a huge synagogue, literally wall-to-wall people, standing room only. And we're talking a big synagogue. People came from all over the country. They came in from everywhere to attend that service. My, My friend to this day, I think about him every single day, Uh, Michael Wyman. God bless his soul. So I'm thinking, why was he so popular? What made him different? I've never seen anything like it. When people got up to speak about him, everyone came from he was my best friend. So as I'm thinking about mindfulness, I don't know anyone that was more in the moment than he was. When he was with you, nothing else existed. You really got the sense, as he looked into your eyes when you were talking, that you Mm -hmm. were all that existed 100%. And I'm just thinking of his popularity and everyone feeling like he was their best friend, including me. And as I said Mm -hmm. to this day, I think about him each and Every day. So he certainly knew about mindfulness, being in the moment, really listening to you and relating to you. So. Mm. Uh, it, that I just realized like, What made him so special And his focus, his books His courses were all on the power Of acknowledgement And he always <laughs> made you feel that Important So the compliments were always real And genuine because he loved people so much uh, So Martha I just want you to know This was a really special show um, Officially going on record I want to have you back in the near future I thoroughly enjoyed it and, and learned a lot from it. Is there anything else you want to say as we wrap up here?
3: No, I just would like to end real quickly with a poem from David White. I think this is so helpful for me. It's titled, Enough, Enough, These Few Words Are Enough. If not these words, this breath, if not this breath, this sitting here. This opening to the life we have refused again and again Until now, until now. So let's all work on being in the now and with this breath and understanding that we really are beautiful people. We've got layers on top of us that um, we can turn towards and we can slowly recognize our common humanity as we work to alleviating our suffering. We'll be alleviating other people's suffering.
2: That was really wonderful, Martha. Again, thank you. And I want to end with a special prayer I wrote for all of you. May yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, Magical memories and Manifesting marvelous miracles Folks go out and make Someone happy today Go do a random act of kindness Do pay it forward We want to make you happy today And every day so we invite You to sing along With us dance along With us and laugh along with us And you can do that right Here right now to the Joyce Barry MASH Thank you God bless you
1: Joyce would say, if not now when he did the mash, the Joyce Barry mash, Joyce Barry mash, she is a coaching smash, he did the mash, you'll catch on in a flash, he did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mesh. Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. For over nine decades, Craftsman tools have been found in toolboxes and garages across the country. After all these years, they finally found their way home to Lowe's. Trusted in the hands of fixers, doers, and weekend warriors, you can be sure you can trust them in your hands, too. Find an ever-growing selection of Craftsman mechanics and power tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online at Lowe's.com. So whatever tool your job demands, Lowe's has just the tool for it. Lowe's, the new home of Craftsman.